This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. My guest today, John Rodericus. You know, I met John at one of the sports shows uh, down in Southern California, the Bart Hall Show in San Diego. His booth was right next to me, and I thought he was a cool dude. And getting to know him and talking to him, you know, as it got slow at the show, I found out that he was a Border Patrol agent and that he was an air marshal. And uh, if you guys want to hear a really cool podcast, listen into this one. and You can find out what it's like to be a Border Patrol agent and an air marshal. But the other cool thing was, you know, he retired in 2018 and he started a CrossFit gym and then he also started a lure company and his lures are called Speeding Bullet Lures and they have a really cool logo, by the way. And um, they catch every kind of fish there is, but they make them out of uh, bullet casings. And so like 22 bullet casings, etc. And they're really cool and they catch fish. And uh, I just wanted to have John on the podcast and have a conversation with him about uh, being a Border Patrol agent and an air marshal and talk to him about his lures. So without further ado, here's John. John, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for being on my podcast. No, I appreciate it. I, this, this is exciting stuff. I've never done this before, so I appreciate it. Um, I want to talk to you about, uh, of course, your, your lures, uh, speeding bullet lures. But uh, I also want to talk to you about your backstory and um, your life uh, as a Border Patrol agent um, when you were in the Navy and a, being a federal air marshal. I'm sure there's all kinds of cool stories that we can yeah. talk about. Yeah, there's um, all sorts of nonsense <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah. <laughs> but if you wouldn't mind uh, kind of uh, going back, uh, you know, when you uh, enlisted in the Navy and that sort of thing and, and kind of let people know uh, who you are and, and what you, you've done for yeah, sure. sure. Um, well, I enlisted back in 1992. I had, you know, after high school, I went to college for a year and played a little baseball and stuff and screwing around. And um, I worked for Easton Aluminum, the baseball bat company. Oh, really? Yeah. And they went through a tough time for a while back, like in the like late 80s, early 90s-ish. Uh-huh. And laid off a bunch of people, and I was one of them. And I just took a couple months off. And said, you know what? I was one of those kids like, yeah, I'll never join the military. And then next thing you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go join the Navy. Let's see what this is all about. (laughs) Let's go see the world, you know? So I did, and it was, um, I mean, you really do see the world. I mean, I've been around, I've sailed around the world twice now, you know, and just seen a bunch of different countries, and 
Yeah. Um, just want to, I'm, I'm like one of those guys, just I love new adventures, new experiences, and just see what's going on. I just want to, I like, I want to take the most out of life that I can get out of it, you know? Yeah. So let's just go do new stuff and see it. And um, so that's kind of how that all, all came about, you know? And um, I was stationed over in Japan for the first couple of years, which was super cool. Like living in a foreign country is a, it is an experience like no other, you wow. know? It's just so, everything is so different. But it's everything's exciting though too, you mm-hmm. know. And it kind of—I mean, there's there's good and bad to everything. But for the most part, like I can't, you know, as time goes by, I guess you don't remember the bad stuff of anything. It's all just, man, that was cool, you know. Like I don't know a whole lot of my friends who have seen the sun come up over the the bridge of a battleship, you know. Right. So stuff like that is pretty yeah. cool, you know. Sitting in the Persian Gulf and Christmas Day wasn't the greatest, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So what were you doing over there, like when you were in the Navy? What was, um, your, what was your job? Um, I was an aircraft mechanic. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, worked in F-14s at first, and my brother and I were actually, we joined at the same time. We were in boot camp together. We had the same job, mm-hmm. same, we were in the same squadrons. Um, we got transferred back over to San Diego to a helicopter squadron, and that's kind of how I got back into fishing because I fished a lot when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. up in the Sierras and stuff, and um, I grew up in L.A. for the most part and fished up there quite a bit. You know, just kind of on my own. I love being outside, just doing stuff. Like, I'm not one of those guys who is very good with sitting in an office. Yeah, I me neither. <laughs> I don't thrive in that environment, you know, so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> By the way, I want to tell everybody that's listening out there, too. We're, we're live from the Bart Hall show, so you're hearing noise and stuff. It's people walking by, and me, yeah. and, me and John... Uh, are just sitting in my booth uh, chatting away, man. So. Yeah. Watch these guys get yeah, all set up. I should gonna... be doing the same thing right now. <laughs> I get set up quick. I don't yeah. care, you know. Um, <laughs> so you were in the Navy, right. um, traveling around the world, and um, being in a, a mechanic yeah. for, for planes. Yeah. And then uh, did you, uh, I guess you, you stopped being in the in the armed forces and then you Correct. went to uh, a federal air marshal? Yeah, I, um, I finished up my enlistment in 97. Mm-hmm. And then, um, actually part of it was really cool, like a real quick little story. Like, yeah. um, I worked midnight shift the entire time I was on, on the boat. You know? oh, so really? we were, we'd deploy for, you know, four, six, eight months at a time, whatever. And so I, I slept during the day, but you know, you had a few hours after you got off work in the morning around seven in the morning. So. Uh-huh. There was a bunch of us used to fish off the back of the ship. <laughs> I was no kidding. Say that. Yeah, off an aircraft carrier. Definitely, yeah. definitely going to be fishing <laughs> yeah. for sure. Fast so, trolling. You know? Yeah, I yeah. bet. Huh? Did you guys catch anything? Oh yeah, oh, all the time. It? Yeah, it was really? crazy. Yeah. Awesome stuff. That like, what in the hell is this? Right. Thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll probably throw that one back. You know, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, we catch cool. all sorts of stuff, man. It was huh. pretty, it was neat, you know. That's cool, man. Yeah, there was a whole group of people back there, just like, you know. <laughs> you guys had to throw big lures out there, and you're just trolling, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we there was a lot of times we'd just float, you know. But, yeah. Um, if we were moving, we'd try to troll, and then you know you're going. You're going pretty fast. Twelve, eighteen knots, whatever. Uh-huh. So you're not, there's, you know, yeah. maybe a wahoo would be, but we never caught anything like that, you yeah. know. But it was just more screwing off and. Uh-huh. you know decompress time after your 12 yeah. hour shift you know so yeah what's it like being on that ship for that long man you know does it get, does it get kind of weird after when, a while when you look at them from pure side they are massive yeah and then after about three days on there you realize just how small it really is with really? five or six thousand people on there yeah you know there's really not a whole lot of personal space and it's uh-huh. but it's extremely efficient i mean everything is i mean Sometimes you don't think of the military being so efficient, but the way they do things is everything is just set up so well that 
you can feed five or 6,000 people every four or five hours. You know, things like that. Everybody's wow. got to take a shower. Everybody's got to do their laundry. Everybody's like, yeah. it's, it, it isn't, it is like a city, but it's not. I mean, there's no movie theater and there's no bowling alley and there's none of that yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. There's no bar like the Australians have. <laughs> they came over to us once like hey where's your pub and i'm like yeah we don't we don't have that no we don't we don't do that here you know <laughs> so uh, but it's it's something else and i mean I, it's there's God, it's so hard to explain it unless you see it and like it's yeah, kind of like just, being one of these shows where there's like no space yeah you know what i mean there's someone always right there yeah but you get very it sounds weird but you get very tight with a with a group of people that you know, when you're in kind of that pressure situation, you know, you, you tend to gravitate towards. Yeah. You know, I still talk to people from 1992, you know, that uh-huh. I met, you know, even at boot camp. Like, we still stay in touch. And yeah, I bet that's way better than being on a submarine, though. Yeah, I actually, when gnarly. I tested, when I first, before I enlisted, well, I tested up and um, I had a chance to be on a nuclear sub. And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do That'd that. Be crazy. I think, that's I, crazy, I, I want to be outside, you yeah. know. Yeah, I'd rather be up on deck. And Fishing every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So tell me about being a federal air marshal. Um, so I, was, I, I joined the Border Patrol in 98 and then stayed till right after 9-11. So after 9-11 happened, um, transferred over to the air marshals and stayed with them until 2006. So you were um, Border Patrol first? Correct. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So after 9-11, there was a, a big push. So there was, an, uh, there was an air marshal program before 9-11. It was really small. I think it was 32 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they flew just international flights, um, covered some high-profile stuff. And then after 9-11 happened, um, they bumped up the program quite a bit, had a lot of people flying. Um, so so what did, what is a federal... Uh, air marshal do? Uh, just it, <laughs> you fly in a plane is like undercover. Kind Correct. Of? Yeah, oh, you okay. make sure the plane lands when it's supposed to, and not a minute before. You know, uh-huh. they don't want anybody flying in buildings any longer. So <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. Let's not have that again. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what it was. It was just it's basic. You know, protecting its air piracy and uh-huh. um, the whole terrorist takeovers, things like that. Yeah. You know? And we they started up some ground based stuff. You know, right about the time I was leaving. But for the most part, it's just. Did you ever have any incidents? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. The very fr- this was crazy. This was our very first flight ever. Um, I just met my partner, this guy, Todd. And uh, <laughs> we were, after a while, you kind of have a normal route. But this is our first one. So it was a continuation flight from, it was Honolulu to L.A. and then L.A. up to Salt Lake. Okay. So we get on the plane and we're watching people get on, you know, and I don't want to give too much of the whole program yeah, away. Yeah. But anyway, we see this guy come on and he's got a Bible in one hand and he's got the Quran in the other hand. Oh. And we were like, well, that's odd. You know, <laughs> that's not normal. So I'm not, this is not, no, no BS. He spits on the Bible and chucks it and then sits down and we're like, well, that's not. Interesting. That's also not normal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I look over at Todd and his eyes are like, you know, dinner plates. I'm like, yeah, this might be an issue here, buddy. <laughs> So, like halfway through the flight, he puts the prayer shawl over his head and he breaks out his Quran and he starts sitting in his chair and he's bobbing back and forth. And, he's, and we're like, oh boy, this is not looking well, good. I don't know about this, you know. Yeah. So, one of the flight attendants was coming up from the back and she sees this going on. And we, we, had, we got to know them pretty well after a while because this was our normal route, you know. We didn't know her at this time, but um, she stops, like, behind us a little bit and points at this guy and is it okay if I say some bad words? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Excellent. so she <laughs> she stopped and she goes, holy fuck. That's what they do. That's what they do before they blow shit up. And Whoa. people oh, go start. crazy. Like oh. there's all sorts of commotion. So 
you know, Todd and I looked at each other, I'm like, well, it's probably time for us to do something. Yeah. You know, we should probably get up and take care of this. So we ran up there and we grabbed this guy and we're like, hey, listen, I don't care what you're doing, but you're going to stop it, you know, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. what we said. Making everybody. There might have been some more words in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know that this is not appreciated, you know. So anyway, <laughs> we get this guy under control. He's, he's struggling a little bit. And he didn't, you know, he was just yelling some stuff at us. We're like, I don't care. So we. And this was on the plane. This was on the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're in mid-flight. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, you know, we ended up in Salt Lake, and, you know, they had some, um, a team that they had, had assembled of a bunch of different agencies come up, and they, you know, we stopped short of the, of, we were on the runway, they bring out this structure, so we get off, anyway, this whole thing happens, they end up dragging this guy off, and, you know, we're like, what the hell, what was his deal? Mm-hmm. And it turns out he was just some lawyer up in Newport Beach, just wanted to cause a problem but we didn't care like yeah yeah i don't care what you're doing like you're not doing that yeah you know so (laughs) things are tense that time too right after 9-11 like you sure you want to do this buddy like maybe not the best idea you know but he was just trying to cause some turmoil and he did i mean it worked Mm -hmm. he definitely got some attention (laughs) we had to write this whole thing up like what we did and Uh you know i'm like well <laughs> so basically, you would get on the planes as undercover, and you would fly on these flights, and just kind of check people out, Correct. and kind of, you kind of got good at checking Absolutely. people's um, movements out, I'm oh, sure. sure, and what oh, they're yeah. doing, huh? Oh yeah, a lot of training. I mean, the training uh-huh. that we had was very, very good. Like um, uh-huh. the shooting was. I mean, you had to be a very, very good shooter. Oh yeah. I mean, huh? there's no. Got to be on you don't that get the, stuff. You don't get to miss on a plane, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't like that. Yeah. So. Um, constantly training, um, a lot of just working with your partner, working with your team, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, that so was great. Like that, you like that job, was fantastic. Yeah. Flying, you know, flying is flying. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, everything else that went went along with it was just the people that were there, who were attracted to that kind of work, are the best people you could possibly find. I mean, just solid. You know. The kind of person you depend your life on. Like, yeah, I've got no problem with this guy. I don't have to worry about him at all. So it was fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. And you, and how many years did you do that for? Uh, just about five. Okay, cool. And then you went on to uh, went back to the Border Patrol. Back to the Patrol, yeah. And um, then a um, first question I want to ask you, man, just coming <laughs> from a get the get the inside scoop. Sure. Um, would you think that that wall works? Absolutely. Okay. Sure. And what about um, like? Uh, climbing over it and what they're you know, um, is there the new one were you there so when much. they were doing it or oh yeah oh, okay yeah. yeah so when i first started about i was out in el central in the beginning in 98 mm-hmm. um and i was there for about four years there's no wall there's no nothing well there is now yeah but back then it was crazy it was wide open free for all oh man <laughs> <laughs> i mean we'd see groups of you know i mean just it's hard to explain yeah like, we'd see footprints come across the border and there'd just be thousands of them you're like what holy yeah man. You know, and we'd track them out. And there were times we'd track people, you know, start a midnight shift and turn it over to the next shift and come back in that next night, and they'd still be tracking them and just keep it going. Okay, we're going to, we'd follow them up for miles and miles and miles and miles. I mean, it was crazy. Sick. Up through the mountains and desert and just all over the place, you know. Just trying to get in. Just trying to, yeah, trying to get their way in. Yeah. A lot of them were, were left stranded. The smugglers, they don't, you know, that human smugglers are the worst of the worst those people just they could not care less about human life like they just don't care we'd find people some had passed you mm-hmm. know quite a bit they leave them and tell them to sit by some tree or something and they get picked up and they just leave them you know we'd have to go for, we 
actually started up the desert rescue unit out there. This was in, I think it was like 2000 or so. And the sole purpose was to go find people who were in distress mm-hmm. that had just been left by the smugglers, you know. Yeah. And, you know, Central gets 115 degrees out there. Yeah. You know, in the middle of August. And they just drop these people off. They don't even know where they're going. So, how, do, so how does it, it work? crazy, man. These guys, like, pay these smugglers to, to come in. Correct. And then they get them across the border and then basically say, hey, you're on your own. On your own. Well, or they have or, a, a pre-set up, I guess, uh, they have a job waiting for them by unscrupulous employers up here, you know, who uh-huh. will request, I need 20 people to work oh, okay. whatever job I have, you know, and that right. kind of gets set up that way too. So, but yeah, for the most part, like no one crosses, not any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things have changed in the last couple of years, you know, we have a little, a little bit of a different climate going on right now, but yeah. um, when I was, I mean, I retired five years ago. So for the most part no one was able to cross the border on their own without paying a smuggler like you're gonna pay they're gonna make sure you pay somebody to get guided across one way or another either you know up through the mountains over the wall via ocean like that was the last thing i did before i retired i was in charge of the coastal border enforcement team and we were looking for all the boats bringing people up and narcotics and other contraband up along the coast san diego zone Uh, or oh man all the way to the oregon border oh really yeah it was crazy yeah, they'll, they'll take an old, like one of those little pongas. Yeah. The farthest oh my God. <laughs> dude, <laughs> do the waves. Nine here. days in that thing. Oh, my God. It would take God. them nine days to get up like towards Monterey. And Whoa. the farthest we ever, we saw the GPS tracks on one of them, and it was 250 nautical miles out. That's how far they went out. They made Whoa. a big horseshoe. You know, wow. like, you people are out of your minds. Whoa. Like, you're going to sit in a ponga for nine days? Wow, Dude. That, that's nuts, man. <laughs> I mean, I Those take are... fishing trips for seven days, and after seven days, I'm like, yeah, it's about time to get off yes, this thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I got a bathroom, and people are feeding me, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I don't know about sitting in one Plus, little... they probably don't know the waves, what's oh, no, coming, no or anything, way. right? No, and they only travel at night. Yeah. During the day, they tarp over, and they just sit there. You know, I'm like, God, so you're going to bake, wow. you know, for 12 hours a day in the sun. <laughs> God. So when you say smugglers, Jeez. are you saying are you are you meaning like smuggling the people in or you, or drugs too? Both. Or yeah, both. Really? What yeah. was the what was the drugs that they would bring in? Um, you know, believe it or not, it was. I don't know if I'd break it down by racial basis, but probably sixty percent still marijuana. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. That didn't slow down after it was legalized here. It didn't slow down at all. There's no difference. Really. Um, Meth That's is still interesting. a big one. Yeah, heroin made a huge comeback over the last few years. Well, you've heard, I mean, the opioid ap- epidemic is massive throughout America. So uh, heroin-based products, you know, or the opiate-based products, a lot uh-huh. of fentanyl, a lot of fentanyl, which is just God, that awful. drug is it's gnarly, man. Unbelievable. I was the Narcan instructor um, for San Diego, one of the guys, and uh, just seeing how little it takes to to kill somebody is I mean, it's insane, huh? Three to five micrograms. That's it. You're, yeah. That's it. I mean, you're not coming back. You know, I s- I've seen on TV where the where cops are just like opening up a trunk and boom, it hits them. You know, or we, something, and they're, they're trying to save the cop's life. We man. had a how the Narcan thing got a, got started with us at least was we had a, a canine get exposed, oh. and we're like, whoa! So we gave it to the canine handlers first because the dogs are sniffing everything. Right. You know? So the dog got exposed. Um. And then we said, you know, it's probably a good idea for agents to have this stuff, too. Because we're touching everything. We're testing all these things. And, you know, this was back a few years ago when it all was, like, kind of an unknown. Now it's a different story. Like, it's it's very well, 
you're you're protected up pretty well when you're going to deal with any kind of narcotics. I mean, I can remember cutting open bags of stuff when I was a young agent. Just like, yeah, I mean, it's a white powder. I don't care, you know. Right. You know, ah, it smells like coke. You know, whatever. <laughs> oh, shit, right. Yeah, no, like, get me. Away. I'm not going within ten feet of that damn bag. Yeah. You know, no way. Dude, I uh, I read a story. And it was about, uh, I think it was in Tijuana, where they had dug this tunnel, man. Yeah. You, you know what I'm dude, talking you about? you see some of those tunnels. We went into like a all the way under, under the ground, like oh, into yeah. neighborhoods, right? Oh, dude, they're, <laughs> those things are no joke. I mean, they got rail systems in there and lighting. I mean, they're air conditioned, some of them. I mean, they're, it's Whoa. how sophisticated these things are is, it's no joke. Did, I mean, you, did you get to go in here? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you walk all the so way I'm through good. them? Uh, you don't only want to go so far. Oh, you know? okay. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is after already cleared out and everything. We're just like, uh-huh. hey, let's go check this thing out. And what's yeah. the deal? Uh-huh. Like, just like, man. And they're, it's not like, I mean, some of them were kind of like crawl spaces almost. Yeah. But other ones, you could stand up all the way and push carts. And I Whoa. mean, oh, it's no joke. They took years to build, you know. But, wow. you know, when you got time and all that kind of money. You right. Know, they kind of got into the sewer systems quite a bit. They try to tap into those. So we used to have to, well, we didn't actually do it, but. They would weld the manhole covers down so they couldn't pop up through them, you know, because that's how they would come up, right through the manhole covers, you know. Uh-huh. So we had to weld those things. <laughs> yeah, if you go down by the port, you know, they're all welted shut. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's the craziest thing that you've, you've seen go mm. on, man? I mean, can you talk about that stuff? Yeah, um, yeah we've seen some nutty stuff. Yeah? It's, yeah, it's... Um, can you share any of it? Probably the RV that came across was a was a good one. What happened um, with that? Yeah, we're just watching this thing. <laughs> RV. Yeah, we'll leave out some details, but uh-huh. this RV's flying up through the, on the south end. You know, we're just watching, looking on like four or five of us on this berm one day, just watching down south, and we see where, where were you, like, like uh, kind of like the south end of Glamis, out towards Buttercup Valley. Oh, okay. You know, right right before the Arizona border. Okay. Out there. Uh huh. And it's just wide open back then. I mean, it was nothing. You know, yeah. just desert. Yeah. And we see this, you know, you see dust clouds all the time. So we're watching this, and the dust cloud's getting bigger. Like, oh, something's coming up. And sure enough, we're like, dude, I think that's an RV. But <laughs> 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 that is, right? So we're watching this, and next thing you know, the uh, military vehicle's behind it, and we're like, well, they're getting chased. Huh. I guess someone didn't pay, you know, whatever. And this RV comes flying up right at us, and we're like, he's not going to stop, you know? And <laughs> then military vehicle or um, some of the people inside the military vehicle start shooting at this RV and we're like whoa dude oh. here we and go you guys are watching this oh they're coming Glass. right at us too oh, wow. you know and we're like you've got to be kidding me so this after all the commotion dies down uh-huh um <laughs> <laughs> that part of the story is going to get edited out you know <laughs> um you know, the commotion dies down, and we open this RV up, and there's some of the people have been struck by, by gunfire, and it was a mess, just a complete mess. I mean, just a disaster. Uh-huh. And that's all it was. They didn't pay off the right people. And, and they were trying to escape? Just trying to get, yeah, the, the whoever was trying to, to get a hold of them uh-huh. wanted, wanted their money pretty bad, you know, and they were letting them know, hey, you didn't pay. So, Whoa. yeah, it was gnarly. So did they turn around? and or? Uh, well, the military vehicle sat just on the south side of the border. There was like a little sand road, and uh-huh. that was the actual border. There's little monuments down there that you can see where the border's at, you know, to okay. delineate. Yeah. And that thing stopped like literally six inches and just sat there and watched us. And we're only 50 yards north at this point. I mean, we're, we could talk to them. You can't you know? do anything to them, huh? to them. In, no, when they're no, in there, huh? No, it's a different country. That's no. a trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we would see them all the time. Like, we'd see the Mexican military or the police, you know, down in TJ. 
I mean, you can walk up to the border. Mm -hmm. There was no fence or anything back then. So we would talk to them and just like, you know, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. They give you some info or intel or whatever and whatever, you know, sometimes they were cool. Sometimes they weren't, you know, for the most part, they were, they were okay. But, um, yeah, it's nuts, man. I mean, it was just literally you could walk across the border in the desert out there and have no clue you just crossed the border. Like there was nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, wow. It was wild. It was something else. So the, so the border's a, the, the big wall and everything's a good thing. Does um, it help you know keep what everything? It did? It, well, yes. Mm-hmm. It definitely does slow things down and it gives us an opportunity to. What it really does is prevent the drive throughs. We would get. I mean, back in El Central time, it was, you know. <laughs> just imagine these guys, rogue cars, across the border. <laughs> just flying across the border yeah. in any vehicle they could get their hands on. Yeah, and, just Wild know, West, man. Oh, dude, it was nuts. They'd hit the highway, and they would instantly go the wrong way on the freeway. You know, they'd go, <laughs> like, eastbound on the westbound lanes or vice oh versa, and we'd have to chase them down or whatever. But you would just see, I mean, there's, I'm not kidding, guy. There was a couple of times we saw people, they'd pack these vehicles so full of people, like, open, <laughs> open truck beds bouncing across there people flying out of the back of these oh trucks and God. we're like dude it looked like jiffy pop oh my you know it's just what the hell that's crazy so we'd have to stop and pick them up and hey just keep chasing that truck you know God. wow <laughs> so your your crazy, job is like you never knew it was going to happen was, every no, day was different man no. dude i'm i so love that yeah. when I, uh, me too yeah oh man when i first yeah. started i drove 122 miles each way to work <laughs> and I couldn't wait to go to work. Oh, and really? it was a minimum 10-hour shift. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I couldn't wait. Like, oh, let's see what's going to happen tonight. Right? And it was just like... That must be fun. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> if you like that kind of stuff. But that's how it all got started. I was yeah. talking to one of my neighbors. I had worked for an aerospace company for a little while after I got out of the military. And my neighbor, who was a former ranger in the Army, he was an agent. And he goes, hey, what are you going to do? You know, And I'm like, I don't know, Steve. I don't know yet. And he goes, uh, so I was talking to him, and I said, well, so what do you do every day at work? You know, I had no idea. And he goes, oh, I run around up in the mountain, I drive, I ride dirt bikes around and stuff. And I'm like, what? Sit, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they pay you for this? You know, and he's right. like, yeah, it's, you know, you don't make a whole lot. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. And I couldn't care less, you know. And I honestly didn't know a whole lot about it. And he goes, yeah, you sound like this is kind of up your alley. I'm like, yeah, I, I think so. And that's all it took, you know. I mean, I literally showed up at the station like, Okay, what do, you know, what do they I just do? kind of turn you loose. You know, okay, <laughs> go, out there, go out there and raise hell. You know, like, okay, I'm your guy, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. What, what about, like, did you know, um, like, any of the cartel dudes or anything like that? Did you have to run into them every once in a while? Um, so, at least in San Diego County. I mean, I'm sure it's the same everywhere across the southern border. But at least in San Diego County. So, I didn't start off in San Diego. It was in El Centro in the beginning. And what they do is they divide up the south end on, on the Mexican side mm-hmm. into, they call them plazas. So a cartel will run a certain plaza. Like that's their, it's like their turf. Like that's their area. If you're going to come through my area, you've got to pay me either to smuggle drugs or to smuggle people. So there's major, major players down there. And we, they're identified. They're, they're long identified. So we know yeah. who they are. Um, directly dealing with them, not as much, but we would see the smugglers all the time. Like you see the same people, the foot guides or at least back then, I mean, it's changed a little bit now, but back then we'd have to arrest somebody 30 times before we prosecute them. So really? you'd arrest the same foot guide 30 times, and it's finally like, okay, now we've hit the threshold of, you know, actually punishing this person. So it's just what, like, what's God. a foot guide? Uh, that is the person who would lead the group of people 
or the drug mules coming across the border who, oh. knew, who knew a trail or knew a route through the okay. mountains or whatever. So we got very good at identifying the foot guides. We'd interview everybody. And after a while, you're like, well, you know, I've seen this guy before, and I've seen him four times this week. <laughs> so I don't think he's just going up there to, to work. You know, I think he's a foot guide. So um, we'd identify him, and we had a very good processing unit that would prosecute these people. And it worked really well. Like, you get the players out of the game. That was the biggest thing. It's kind of like, I don't know, I guess an analogy would be like, if you can knock the starting pitcher out of a game, that's what you're going for. You know, mm-hmm. so you want to get rid of these guys, and then they don't have, if you can keep getting rid of foot guides, well, then there's no one to bring a group across. You yeah. know, then that was, that was the, one of the goals, yeah. So. Huh. That's a trip, man. Yeah, it was something else, man. Yeah. Wow. Some of those, man, some of those guys were fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my, I was talking, you used to met my son Josh. I was talking yeah, yeah. to him a couple nights ago. We were, people asked me, like, hey, do you ever see anybody get away? I'm like, all the time. Yeah. I'm not the fastest dude around, you know, with all the gear I had to wear and everything. But you guys had to be in good shape, though, oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, the unit I was in special operations for quite a while. Uh huh. And you had to be like, you had to know your shit. Yeah, just the trial for us a little, <laughs> little strenuous, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, we were we were out every day. You know, we would get dropped off via helicopter, um, inserted into an area, and we would self-sustain for you know three to five days out there. Would you really? Oh yeah, and then just bring a big old group of people back or drugs or whatever we bring back in you know it was awesome man (laughs) (laughs) it was so much damn fun (laughs) yeah funny that that, that's your calling man you just love that stuff oh yeah you just want to be outside and like we we really did partner up very well with several other agencies departments you know local um state or county or federal agencies um, departments, you know, fish and wildlife, IRS. Like, I never thought I'd be working alongside an IRS guy, you know. Right. But, <laughs> hey, you know, that guy came across the border with a can of soup that he didn't pay, uh, didn't pay his taxes on, you know. Custom, you know. Yeah, like customs agents and all uh-huh. sorts of, yeah, we did all sorts of crazy you stuff. You worked with man. the fish and wildlife too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you do with them? Um, did you have people, like, uh, bringing, like, fish over or um, stuff like that? No, or? it was... They would run operations. They'd want us out there in case there was an immig- immigration violation occurring as well. Uh-huh. So we could go after them for that route. Yeah. Um, we ran. So at the time I was on the unit that I was on, um, we were the only unit certified to teach land navigation. So we would teach these guys land navigation as well. So we get, you know, God, we did EOD guys and a bunch of FBI. I mean, all sorts of different agency was coming and, and we mm-hmm. teach them these classes, you know, tracking and trailing and um you know, tactical stuff, whatever, all these different kinds of things. But Fish and Wildlife would come with us. Um, they wanted to get really good at tracking, you know, because they're outdoors all the time, too. Sure, yeah. You know, going after the Similar. poachers and stuff and how to how to set up, sounds kind of weird, but how to set up ambushes on poachers so you don't get shot, like things like that. We'd really right. help them out. And so we'd get to go out with them, too. It was really cool, you know. Those guys, man, I don't know. It's now I look back and I'm like, I wish my neighbor was a fish and wildlife agent because that sounds like a pretty good job too. I wish he would talk me into that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love being in the patrol, but man, that fish and wildlife stuff looks pretty cool. Right. Yeah, that's a good yeah. job. Yeah. You know? So we need more um, of them. Yeah, we need more of them. Um, it's that's a dangerous job, man. I mean, you're. Yeah. You're, yeah. You know, you <laughs> everybody's got a gun on them. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> yeah, fishermen, maybe not, but yeah. Yeah, we did stuff like I think I was telling you yesterday that one that thing at Dana Point. Yeah, what um, was that? The short lobster thing where those guys oh, were putting them in how backpacks. How many? I forgot. I was trying yeah. to look it up today, um, and I couldn't find a whole lot on it. Okay. But I, it was, it was in ex- an extensive 
Yeah, it was an extensive violation. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys were going and getting a whole bunch of uh, lobsters, short, short lobsters. Yeah. And then and putting and then them in backpacks. Yeah, they're putting them in backpacks and leaving them on the small jetty out there at Dana Point. Uh, you know, a little small rock wall or rock jetty. Yeah. And uh, um, I was on that coastal border team at the time, so they kind of got in touch with us. Like, hey, if you guys are working at Dana Point, we could use your help. I'm like, yeah, I run the unit. We can work wherever, you know. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So we sat there and watched these guys, and you could see them. You know, get on their little skiff, and they'd pull a bunch of short lobster and put them in a backpack and then put them in the rocks. And we're just on the radio with the Fish and Wildlife, like, yeah, here's what's going on. You know, I'm like, okay. And they set up a scout vehicle that was a dummy vehicle, so they pulled that one over, and it turned out to have nothing inside of it. I'm like, no, that's not the right vehicle. It's it, the, the lobster are still sitting there in that backpack. <laughs> Backpacks, sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was more than one, you know. Yeah, so we just kind of help. Stuff like that, you know. Yeah. This, it's kind of like this this job. Like you're, I'm sure you do the same thing. If you just get a chance to talk to people, oh, yeah. build relationships with them, mm-hmm. that's how it worked with those agencies too. We would just, you'd meet people around, and it kind of, it kind of branches off into different things. So we were involved with Coast Guard and military, and sorry, Coast Guard's part of the military. <laughs> yeah. um, other agencies would just ask us like, hey, if you guys aren't, if you're not busy this time, we have an operation going on. If you want to be a part of it, I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And we did the same thing. Like, hey, if you guys want to come on, we had, I mean, Congress people coming out with us. They want to spend a couple of days out in the mountains. We're like, sure. <laughs> really? You guys want to, you know. <laughs> you can see what this is really like, buddy. You, know, yeah. you might want to di- you take those shoes off, put some boots on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even all as far as like, um, we had a wounded warrior program that we took um, wounded veterans out with us. And they stayed with the unit for six or eight months at a time. That's cool. You know, worked with us. And oh, yeah, uh-huh. that was great, man. Just, yeah. Man, those guys are tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys yeah. missing a leg and can out hike me up a hill. I'm like, oh, that sucks, man. I got to get in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Something else. Jeez, John, slow down, man. <laughs> How funny. So after being a border patrol agent, you started a CrossFit gym. Um, it was an existing gym, and I bought oh, okay. it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I cool. I, had, I was a member there for quite a while, and I started back. Um, doing CrossFit stuff when I was with the Air Marshals back in 2003. And, that, and explain what CrossFit is for people that um, don't know. Oh boy, we, I'm going to get too far into it, but it's, yeah. it's basically, you know, high intensity exercises performed at a rapid pace, blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. You know? Yeah. yeah, it's just, you just a, it's constantly like, exercising, oh, man. right? It's probably, it's the way I look at it, it's the most comprehensive form of fitness you can find, so that I've, that I've found at least. Like, give an example. Like, what do you do? Um, just the workouts that you do. Yeah. Um, it's not like old school bodybuilding or old school weightlifting and then you go take a long run. You know, mm-hmm. that's how things used to be. Yeah. Um, I think we found that over time that the way to do things is interval-based training, high intensity, and then taper off a little bit, then back to high intensity, then taper off a little bit, oh. and constantly vary. Like, one day you might run a 10K, and the next day you're going to be lifting weights for three, four, five minutes as fast as you can, as heavy as you can, then go sprint 500 meters, and then come back and get on a rower, um, you're carrying stuff around. Just all. I mean, it's constantly changing things up because you don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Like, yeah. you could be driving home from from this today and find an accident on the freeway, and you got to drag someone out of a fire. Right. Can you can you do that? Right. You know what I mean? And that's what what they're thinking was. Well, whatever life throws at you, you can handle it. Whether that's I have to run five miles, or I've got to carry somebody for a couple miles, or I right. need to do. I need to pull myself up out of a bad environment, you know, um, yeah. avalanche situations, things like that. It doesn't matter. Just getting you ready for whatever is going to be thrown at you. So that's was, I loved it because it was so just like, 
there's no whining. Stop your whining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get after it today. I'm like, yeah, this is great. So you would know? you train people then? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. okay. 100%. Yeah, we yeah. had quite a few clients. Yeah, you, so you uh, broke a sweat pretty much oh, every yeah, day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you might want to bring I'll a towel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and yeah. so you probably just need some water. Bring a little bit of water. <laughs> We're not going to take a break, you know, and you're not going to be on your phone during the workout. It's probably not going to happen. That's <laughs> So I started, I got introduced in 2003. I was back east doing some training. Um, and this guy said, hey, do you want to try CrossFit? And I'm like, yeah, what is it? And yeah. he goes, I'll put you through an extra, uh, through a thing. And it was like seven minutes long. And I seriously thought I was going to throw up yeah. like four minutes in. I'm like, oh my God, this is yeah. the hardest thing. Yeah. And I want to do this again. You know, just that stupid switch in my head went off. I'm like, this is so great. It hurts so bad, you know? Yeah. And that's all it took. And mm -hmm. I remember coming back. I was there for like three weeks for this training thing. And I came back. I'm like, this is it. Like, I will, this is what I want to do. Like, this is my kind of stuff right here. You know, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, funny story, dude. I, I uh, you know, I play in a band, right? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I got yeah. Ben was telling us that, oh, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. So, uh, you know, I did, I did it a lot. You know, played like four or five nights a week, and we, we toured Jeez. around and stuff, right? So I was in like really good shape because on I stage bet, we would right? we're like a ska band. We would move around oh, and stuff, really? right? Yeah, we're no, like running right. around and you know all this kind of stuff. And then I took a break for like about 10, 12 years, and then yeah. went on stage, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I thought I was gonna die, <laughs> yeah, right? I bet, right? And uh, both, both, all of us were like, oh my god, we we're like out of breath and yeah, just dying, yeah. you know. All What's right, we're, we're going to take a short break. <laughs> we're all drenched, <laughs> too. Know, you know? We'll be back in 20 minutes. We're going to take a nap. Yeah. The, the, other, the lead singer looked at me and turned his back to the audience. He said, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to bring it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to mellow out a little bit. Yeah. Awesome, man. So tell me about your, uh, by the way, uh, how we met was uh, we had a booth together down at the San Diego Bart Hall yeah, show. I thought cool. you were really cool. Yeah, you too. That and was cool. I and I thought your uh, logo was in incredible. Yeah, yeah, I love thanks. your logo. Um, Speeding Bullet Lures. Um, you guys definitely go check those out. Um, but it's a really cool story um, how you created these. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I have some family up in Wyoming. I mean, I grew up in California, like LA area. Um, yeah. Lived a little bit on Maui for a couple of years when I. Mom was kind of a hippie, so she's like, hey, let's go to Maui. Like, yeah, great. What's Maui, you know? <laughs> so um, I, well, I think I was, I was 10 the first time I went to Wyoming with my grandparents, and I was just fishing up there with my uncle and my grandfather and my brother, and uh, we're in a canoe floating down the Platte River. Oh, nice. And my uncle said, hey, do you want to try a spinner? And I said, yeah, it's Uncle Mark, man. I'll do whatever you say, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what a spinner is, you know. I have uh -huh. no idea. I was fishing night crawlers and stuff before that. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I just throw this thing out there and then reel it back in. I'm like, that's it? You know? Cool, because now I'm doing something. You're a kid. Totally, you know, yeah. You know, it's so much better. Yeah, right? exactly. So my first cast, I chucked it onto the beach and I hit it onto a tree. And I'm like, oh, that was great. You know? <laughs> I just cost my uncle five bucks right there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then I used that spinner all day and I caught a few. I'm like, wow, this is really cool, man. This is my kind of fishing, you know? I thought mm -hmm. it was just neat. Um, so fast forward, you know? 30, 40 years, whatever. And I was up there, same river, same uncle. Um, brother wasn't there this time. My grandfather already passed away, but we're just <laughs> BSing on the river. And I think, I don't know which one of us said it first, but it got to the point where I said, you know, I bet I could make a lure out of a, I could bet I could make a spinner out of a 22. So it's kind of the same size and shape. A 22 you know? shell. Yeah, 22 shell. Uh -huh. And he goes, yeah, I bet you could. So I, I 
you know, had some really bad ideas in the beginning. I, I got a couple pictures up in the booth. I'll, have to, I'll bring one over so you can see how bad this thing was. <laughs> I mean, it worked. Got to start somewhere, right? But that's the the problem was that it worked. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, if this works, I can't sell this thing. I didn't have any intention of so. It was just to, for us to play with, you know. And then it just kind of progressed. Well, I'm like, well, I'll keep keep trying to make this thing better and better. And I put skirts on them for a while that they worked, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. they weren't great. And then I made some 50 cal for Wahoo fishing and those worked and everything kept working. I was like, man, I don't, Isn't that cool? I don't know. Yeah, this yeah. is cool, man. Uh-huh. And people on the boat would see them like, can I have one? I'm like, yeah, sure. Just, uh-huh. you know, I'll just make another one. I don't care. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I made, kept making those and then the 22 thing just started taking off where my uncle was calling him and saying, hey, he had a little shop up there and he's like, hey, um, people are kind of asking about these things now. And I'm like, really? Awesome. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, why? <laughs> he goes, hey, send up 10 more, send up 20 more, whatever. So I would. And then I dropped some off with my cousin who lives in South Dakota, you know, and just stuff like that. And next thing you know, it got to a point I'm like, you know, these things are actually kind of legit. Um, I'm getting a lot of interest that I didn't think I would ever get. Mm-hmm. So I ended up talking to, um, there's a tackle shop down in Dana Point, and I talked to one of the guys there, and he really helped me out, like drawing stuff. I still got the original piece of paper. We sat there on a legal pad and just drew this thing out on the counter there. Oh, cool. You know, Yeah, it was really cool. Huh. It's his drawing, not mine, because I can't draw for yeah. save my life. I can barely sign my name. <laughs> <laughs> and it just progressed, and it got to the point where I'm like, well, let's give this a shot, you know. Um, from the I'm, sketch, from the kind of yeah, the sketch. exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I started making them, and... Um, found the right weights and I found the right inserts and found the right everything just kind of it was all a lot of trial and error like you know I put the wrong hooks on there at first and I put the wrong blade on it first and all these different things and then it just got to huh this looks just like a spinner and I got the packaging all set and I just very fortunate with meeting the right people and kind of falling into some of it where it was just I talked to the right person who lets me introduce me to the other right person next thing you know I got this like the people that do the packaging for us, the guy who owns it, his dad invented blister packaging, and they specialize in fishing lures. I'm like, there's no way. Like, oh, that's cool. That is crazy. How I just happen upon this guy, right? You know? And he's fantastic. Uh huh. He just totally helped me out. Like, no, here's what you want to do. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> this is so good because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, you know. And that's just really how it's gone. Um, and I started the online thing, you know, a couple years ago. You know, came up with the logo. For, this is a while ago. Logo is awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. I love it. I like man. it too. I think it's cool. Looking. It's way cool. Yeah. So that's just it. Just kind of kept growing and growing and growing. Um, I don't know. We joking like, yeah, we're just like Amazon, right? You start off in the garage, and mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I'm just like the Amazon guy. Yeah, pretty much, we make the same amount of money and everything. You know, like. So are you? <laughs> are you like having to like come? Like, getting orders for them now absolutely and, yeah. Yeah, i filled an order this morning right before did you yeah so are you making them at, like you're going home and making them like or no you we have keep like, a pretty good inventory on oh, hand do you? yeah i was able just to pull some out of our inventory and do you, have, like, do you have people helping you with that now no, no you're doing it yeah i'm doing it yeah Dude. well my son josh helps out quite a bit at these shows he's all, thanks been, dad yeah yeah. He's sitting there slaving away. I got a girlfriend. Like, yeah, well, you're not going to see her tonight, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does help out quite a bit. And uh, Kelly helps out quite a bit, too. Uh-huh. Um, so for people that don't know, it's, a, it's a, like, let's say you got a 22 uh, casing. And then do you, 
that's hollow. Correct. Yeah, and so yeah. do you seal that off or use it yeah. kind of, okay. So what I do is I, I have to drill out the bottom end of it. I gotta put a hole in the, in the bottom end. Uh -huh. And then I put this insert on the top that looks like the bullet. That's the actual bullet part. It's not right. a bullet. Right. You is cannot it? shoot these things. So if TSA <laughs> is listening or whatever, like you cannot fire these things anymore. Like it's, there's no gunpowder in them. But, right. <laughs> So I put a through wire, you know, put the blade on there with a through wire. Oh, okay. And I put the beads on and just attach the hook. You know, I just spin everything, like make a little loop on the end. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. That's the nuts and bolts of it, you know. Uh -huh. um, but we, we just expanded out, um, started off with 22s, and then I added magnums onto that. And then, like, I got those 50 cal that I'm going to bring out this summer. But we started making some out of 30 out sixes. Um, some 45s that are gnarly looking. <laughs> These things are, there's just a chunk of metal, you know, yeah. this thing looks cool. And then two, two, threes. And we put skirts on everything too. We just started doing that. So, so are you catching um, everything, bass, oh, trout, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, whatever. Well, we caught pike, walleye, crappie, yellowtail, um, little school size tuna, um, some rockfish, uh, dorado with them. Everything. Just everything. Yeah. That's like, so cool. People ask me, you know, what do they work on? I'm like, really, it's your imagination. I mean. Why do you think it, they work? Fish. Yeah. Fish. Is shininess in of it's the. It's shiny and it has uh -huh. movement. Okay. You know, I think that's it. Uh -huh. You know, fish are just, and yeah. there's colors, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, I'm on the fence with this one, with the color mm -hmm. thing. You know, I've seen it where, we've been out there where fish will only hit an orange lure, you know, for whatever reason. Right. You throw a yellow one out there and they don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, some color, I don't know if it matters. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't. I have no idea. You know. But that movement and shine of that bullet, movement, huh? Yeah, that's all it takes. You know. Yeah. And fish are aggressive. You know, when yeah. they're when they're when they want to eat, they want to eat. And they yeah. don't. They don't care what it is. Like they'll trout are pretty aggressive. You know, they're yeah. not the hardiest fish. But you know what's crazy, man? Like <laughs> you know? uh, you'll be bringing in a trout. You know, be bringing in a trout, and this thing is going out of control. You know, trying to get off or whatever, and then it's. Big trout will come right? out, just like trying to eat him. You trying know, to eat him, right? yeah, it's That's just the like, thing. yeah, it's just that movement and that erraticness, and you know, Dude, it's the, crazy. The first time we tried out those two, two, threes, they're you know four and a half inches long, five inches long, whatever it is. Um, big treble hook, like a big size one treble hook on the back of it, you know. <laughs> And these little three-inch trout are chasing these things. I'm like, that That's damn crazy, huh? lure is one and a half times as big as you. You know, but they don't care. They're like, now nah, I can take them on. You yeah, know? yeah. That's crazy. So are you making them for fresh water and warm water and salt water? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think That's the salt cool, water man. thing is our next. Um, we were just talking to a guy last night who stopped by the booth, and he was asking about making those, the two two threes that we have a little bit heavier, and I think I can get it done for him. But just for fishing for Wahoo, and I'm like, yeah, no, I've I've caught Wahoo with a 50 cal, mm -hmm. you know. But they're just I just made them for me. I didn't make them for retail or anything. But now I'm going to like we'll get it all figured out. But yeah, it just kind of like things just kind of expand like that. Like people ask like, can you do this? I'm like yeah, sure, I can. I think I can do that for you. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the guys came across yesterday and asked. Actually, I got it here. <laughs> he asked for this color, and we don't make this. That's not one of our notes. So what I'm holding up is a interesting. It's a nickel plated casing with a with a nickel insert on the top so it looks like a silver bullet you yeah know, that's what we call them yeah and he wanted a white blade i'm like well i don't make it but i'll make it for you you know so, oh, so that, that one you made last night he just made it last night real fast and i got home yeah <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah that's cool let me so, check that yeah, thing yeah. out that's cool man so that's yeah, yeah. it's just a yeah, silver bullet it's with not a, white. a standard color at all that we have in our in our inventory but i'm like yeah sure i can throw it together for you you know dude you invented this isn't that cool <laughs> yeah, no, right? that's crazy yeah it's crazy right, right? yeah just you know so what's the plan are you gonna are you gonna go go big big or what's I the don't know. we'll see yeah well 
What's your, what's your, uh, what are you going to manifest, man? That's you know what's, so this is, <laughs> yeah, right. that's what you got to do. So this, this is how I kind of think of this whole thing. And I'm still not sure how I, how far I want to go with it. But, um, one of my coaches in martial arts from a long time ago, he was kind of going through the same thing. He was about to blow up really big. And I talked to him. I said, Brian, well, it's, you know, here's the thing, dude. You can stay small, and you're going to know everybody, and it's personal, and you're going to have, you know, 10, 15, 20 people in your gym, you know, that you're going to be able to barbecue with and go on vacations with and all this cool stuff. We're real close. We still are. Yeah. Or you go the other route, and you can buy this big-ass gym, and you're going to get wrapped up in having to sell memberships and all that. And he goes, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'm like, yeah, it's up to you. I mean, that's, if that's what you want to do. And he went that route. And it was only about a year later, he was like, yeah, it was just too big. It's too much. Mm-hmm. I don't even know half the people that are in here working out. I'm like, yeah, it sucks, right? Like, you don't know the people that are actually in your facility like you used to. Right. You know? So that's kind of where we're at right now. We're like, well, how, how far do we really want to go with this? Like, do we want to just make it so we're still having fun? I talked to my cousin about it. And this is the best thing. He, I think I got the best advice for him. He said, don't turn your hobby into a job. And I said, you're a smart guy, Ray. That's mm-hmm. what I don't want to do is turn this into like, I'm doing this seven days a week, 12 hours a day. You know, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want the money that comes along with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but if that's what it takes in the beginning, sure. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't mind, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I'm saying, like last night I got home at 10 and threw this thing together. It took me two minutes, you know, yeah. but... So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. Um, it's kind of driving itself where we're getting more interest, you know. Yeah. And we're trying to get out there, too, and kind of not just let it happen, kind of forcing it to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Someone's like, what if, what if Bass Pro picks you up? And I'm like, There's, it's no way. Like, these guys could not care less about me. Yeah. But you, you don't never know. know. Now you don't know. Now like, you all it takes is one guy, right? Thousands of them. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, I don't mind if if that's the way it goes, then that's the way it goes. Yeah. But if it doesn't go that way, it's not going to break my heart either. You know, I still like it. I just want to use them. Dude, that know? packaging just looks so pro. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's what I'm telling you. That's the guy. Like, yeah, the just guy looks that I talk, so he's like, cool. Here's what you should do, and I'm like, Yeah, that's what I should do because I don't know what I'm doing. You know. Yeah, that looks amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that looks like something you get like at a Bass Pro, oh, totally. right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's the idea. I think yeah. we, you know, we're trying to get into a couple of different shops. I was, yeah. I was telling Guy before we started the podcast that we're going to take a little trip up north, you know, up in Northern California, just work our way down mm-hmm. and talk to, you know, I don't know, as many shops as we can talk to in a week, I guess. Yeah. And just see if anybody wants to pick us up, you know. Mm-hmm. And if they do, great. And if they don't, then we'll just keep doing what we're doing, you know. I mean, we're... Like I was saying, I got an order yesterday. We got a few orders yesterday, like at the show. You know, it's kind of weird. People come by the booth and they'll grab a couple, and then I'll get people that'll call me later a couple hours. And I'm like, hey, dude, I just left the show. <laughs> hey, can I order something? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, what uh-huh. do you need? You know, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. So and you- I love that personal. Like, we can still. This is, I guess, is the way I want to keep it. Is if anybody calls me, or emails me, or texts me, whatever, I want to be able to talk to them personally, mm-hmm. and not just turn it over to some like somebody in my warehouse or whatever. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. do it. Like, I really do enjoy just talking with people about fishing and screwing off. And sure. people tell me their stories. You know, I, it's man, it's cool, dude. Mm-hmm. All of it's cool. Because it's like it's your buddy then all of a sudden. Like, you yeah, just yeah. got some dude you're just hanging out with for 20 minutes, you know? Yep. And we've seen the same people at these last three shows, you know, they'll come by. And mm-hmm. some guy sent me a message last night. He's like, yeah, I'll be there on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, cool, dude. Right on. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, right on. That's too cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. So what, what advice can you give to, to people that are 
maybe thinking about starting a, a business, you know, it's because business is business, right? Yeah, no, it's so all the same, right? Yeah. What, what do you, what can, what kind of advice can you give like to somebody who's like wanting to, to start, starting to do something that, that uh, doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fishing or whatever, yeah. but what do you, what, what is it that, I think, what is it that drives you like to be successful, you know? I think if you have a passion for it, boom, you can make it successful. Yeah, you know, exactly. You really can. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if you really like it, that comes across when you speak to people too. Like the first yeah. time I talked to you, I didn't know who you were at all. I mean, yeah. like just in the booth next to me. Yeah. Hey, some dude in the booth next to me. Hey, it's cool, you know. Yeah. But personal, friendly, and you can tell that you're into it. Like this is your <laughs> thing. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's my kind of guy. You know, right, that's right. you love this stuff, and whether it makes you a billionaire or not, that right. to me, like I don't care. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's cool. Like right. it'd be cool. Like I'd love a big old ranch in Wyoming somewhere. Sure. You know, but. Um, that's the biggest thing. You just don't quit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of people give up. You know, right. they face a little bit of adversity or hardship yeah. or something in the beginning. And it's like, you're going to go through that, dude. You have to realize what you're kind of getting yourself into. Like, you're not... <laughs> yeah. You're not Shimano out of the gate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to That's for yeah, sure, just right? Keep, stay, keep at it. If you have a good product... Um, I'm mm-hmm. a terrible salesman. I'm, I suck, man. I'm not. Like, I'm telling you, I can't convince anybody to buy anything. Yeah. You know, all I can do is talk to them about stuff. And if your product is halfway solid, yeah, exactly. you know, and they see that passion about you, you know, I think that's, that's it, you know, mm-hmm. stay at it. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Same with you, I'd imagine. Like, you yeah. love this stuff. Oh, you know? for sure. I mean, I, that's I, just who you are, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what, and same with this podcast, man. I'm just like... I've been just having a blast with this thing, you know, just yeah, talking to cool. people and um, learning about them, um, their world or whatever. You yeah. know, I didn't know anything about Border Patrol or yeah. Air Marshal or, <laughs> right. you know, CrossFit gyms or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, now we'll go get a beer Saturday night and I'll tell you all about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can record all you want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people uh, find you and your lures at? So we're online at uh, speedingboltlures.com. That's I should probably easy. see that slower. Yeah. Speedingbulletlures.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll have that in all the information yeah. too. So, and our but, phone number is on there and everything. So, okay. And you can just call me. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not one of those guys who like, no, don't call me. You know, like, whatever. Call me up, dude. If you want to, you know, I've got a couple of people who order things. They just give me a phone call. And they're like, hey, can you send this to me? I'm like, yeah, sure. You don't, don't worry about going on the site. Yeah. Okay, everybody, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> go on the site and order. I'll even give you a discount code. I don't care. Yeah. But awesome. you know, there's some people I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, you're mm-hmm. one of the original people who bought into my program type of thing. So of mm-hmm. course, you know, and they're in and they're giving me ideas too. One guy volunteered to work in the booth. <laughs> awesome. He's like, hey, like do that's you live cool. in San yeah. Diego, man? He's like, yeah, I'll come on up. I, you yeah. know, and I'm like, no way. Sure. That'd be great. You know, see my beer. I don't know. Yeah. See the guy to give him a shirt. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, John, thank you so much for being yeah. on my podcast, no, man. I appreciate it. This is yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Learned a lot. And yeah. uh, thanks for listening out there, you guys. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's a Guy Jeans podcast.